a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution, forgiven me. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins, which we're supposed to be conquering, have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but have they been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is is putting to death the old the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading Facebook statuses. Might as well apologize now. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> what was your new bump that you sent me on the text today? Table Talk Radio. Oh yeah, you're listening. <laughs> you're you're li- <laughs> I was laughing hard when I said that to you. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Gross. <laughs> By the way, I just put in your name for the silly name generator on the in- internet, and your silly name is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Let me let me explain first. Uh, we're we're going to be doing something later where, where Pastor Wolfner needs a funny name, so he th- thought he would Google a funny name generator. Okay, so what's my name in the funny name generator? <laughs> Krusty Lizard Chunks. <laughs> what? Krusty Lizard Chunks. <laughs> Krusty Lizard Chunks here at your service. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I'm here with my co-host. Lumpy Chunkle Buns. <laughs> I think yours is more fitting. <laughs> oh, no, no. Lumpy Chunkle Buns is not here yet. Oh, it's yeah, still right. me, Pastor Wolfmuller, for a little bit till All the right. guest comes on. That's right. Okay, let's let's <sighs> do our usual shtick here. We're going to be to, uh, uh, responding to your emails and playing Table Talk Jeopardy. And if we have some time left over, we're going to play Contemporary or Traditional. That is the Table Talk Radio lineup, like it or not. Probably not. Probably not. Um, we got a special guest coming, though, too, at the end of the first segment. And a special guest coming, but uh, first, Lumpy let's do some theolo- <laughs> theological buzzwords. Uh, and the way these theological buzzwords work, uh, we define a theological term, and then the point is for the other co-host to work it into the conversation sometime during the course of the show as naturally as possible. Up to 500, 500 Table Talk Radio points is available for that. Uh, my theological buzzword for you, Pastor Wolf Mueller, is antinomian. Uh, uh, antinomian literally means uh, no law, the heretical doctrine that Christians are exempt from the obligations of the moral law. Uh, so, yeah. It, yeah. The old school antinomians used to say that repentance comes through the preaching of the gospel. That's pretty bad. Uh, yeah. But it, it's a, in, more casually, antinomianism is just simply understood as a rejection of the law altogether. So. Yeah. Uh, would this also be uh, similar to gospel reductionism? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, so that uh, you say, well, uh, 
all things are permissible permissible now because we have the gospel. So it's okay. To, uh, homosex, homosexuality is okay uh, because Jesus loves us. That would be an example of gospel reductionism. Also example of antinomianism. I'm putting Martin Luther in the silly name generator to see what we get. Now, is it consistent? If you, if you put the same name in twice, does it give you two different silly names? I don't know. Mark, Martin Luther's name is Pinky Liver Buns. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of buns in this thing. Yeah. All right. So, let's uh, let's my close. Let's for close you the, is the hey. art, <laughs> Articles of Remonstrance. Uh, these are. This is the anti-tulip business. You know the tulip, the five points of Calvinism. Uh-uh. So never, never the heard Armenians of it before. Can, yeah. So the this is the roundup. <laughs> if you got the tulip. <laughs> Five articles of remonstrance are the uh, corresponding um, teachings of Arminianism. So, oh, what are they? To, uh, they got, uh, let's see here, number one. Oh, I had a nice summary of it up here somewhere. Um, oh, God. Uh, uh, Too busy looking for your, your silly names? That's right. Unlimited atonement is there. Free will. Um, prevenient grace, and that grace is not irresistible, and that uh, you can lose your salvation. So basically, the anti-tulip. Right. Yeah. Do you, uh, okay. Articles of remonstrance. All right. Well, uh, let's go then to our, our uh, special guest. Is our special guest in studio there with you? Oh yeah. Hold on a minute. Okay. I got our special guest has music. Wait, me. Let me press the button here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hello, Evan. Oh. This is Lumpy Chunklebuns, P.I. <laughs> All right. Uh, our, our, you're our theological private investigator. Yes, um, hired specially for Table Talk Radio yes. to investigate tricky theological problems. Okay. Glad what, to be what, with you today. What evidence are you uh, uncovering today? I am working on the mystery of the Methodist doctrine of the Lord's Supper. Aha. I have uncovered a few pieces of evidence, but I think this is going to take months to unravel. Very complicated here. Very okay. complicated. What, what? But I found my first a couple pieces of evidence here. Here's the first one. This is from the UnitedMethodists.org uh, website here, and it asks a question. Do United Methodists believe that the communion elements actually become the body and blood of Christ? Answer, no. We believe that the change is spiritual. They signify the body and blood of Christ for us, helping us to be Christ's body in the world today, redeemed by Christ's blood. We pray over the bread and the cup that they may make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in service to all the world. That's the Communion and United Methodists brochure. Okay, That's would, my first little piece of evidence. From, from the evidence you've gathered so far, or at least the evidence you have uh, revealed to us so far, uh, anything that would indicate a, uh, a a physical presence that would uh, be received into one's mouth? No, no evidence so far. No evidence so far. Although we're tracing this down because your co-host, Pastor Wolfmuller, has gotten all sorts of grief for telling Methodists they don't have the Lord's Supper. Uh, it, don't worry about him. That's he's what, he's a big bum anyway. Nobody likes him. That's why we had to hire lumpy chunkle buns to 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 source this stuff out. And so I'm on the case for you. I'm, I'm just thankful case. that you uh, don't have an Australian accent. <laughs> I found another piece of evidence, by the way. Here. All right. Uh, where the United Methodist Church stands, like baptism, Holy Communion is regarded by Protestants as a sacrament. That is, it's an act of worship ordained by Christ and is a means of grace. This does not mean that we become any more worthy of God's grace by taking part in communion. Rather, we open ourselves to the divine love that's already there. We become more ready to receive that love and respond to it. 
As with baptism, we use common physical gifts of the earth, bread and wine, though in the United Methodist Churches we prefer unfermented grape juice. All Christians are welcome at our table, whatever their denomination. Holy Communion is a family meal, and, and all Christians are members of Christ's family. Therefore, in each congregation, when we receive the bread and the cup, we join with millions of brothers and sisters across the ages and around the world. Holy Communion, or the Lord's Supper, is a mystery too deep for words. Its meaning will vary for each of us. <laughs> uh, part of the reason why we had to hire a private investigator is because probably there's no doctrine to be found anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me wonder uh, how it is a means of grace when everything he described thereafter uh, had nothing to do with it being a means of grace. For example, if it's a means of grace, how could it mean different things to different people? I mean, if it's a means of grace, then it should be grace to people i mean right i mean it sounds like an objective if something if if something's a means of something then it's offering a, a, an objective reality isn't it you think too much like a lutheran <laughs> that's your problem say i lumpy chunk of <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you're, you're way here. nicer than pastor wolf he's kind of a jerk <laughs> i've heard about that if you want me to dig up some dirt on that guy, I'll do it too. <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> world com- Here the thing continues. World Communion Sunday is a time to be in communion with the Christians all over the world and to enable us to press on toward the goal of serving God in life-changing ministries. Uh, uh, excuse me, chunky buns, whatever. Um <laughs> Chunkle buns. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, is that, from from what you can gather then with the evidence that you have there, does that seem to indicate then um, that you're not then in communion with other Christians otherwise? Uh, could you ask the question again? Sorry. Uh, if What you just stated, uh, that evidence that you just revealed to us, um, does, does that then indicate that uh, you are not in, in communion with Christians otherwise uh, uh, under normal circumstances uh, when you receive the Lord's Supper? Yeah. Uh, um, Yes, that's right. You don't have any idea of the mystery of the communion, obviously. Okay. You're a Lutheran. But this is why uh, Table Talk Radio hires a PI. Yeah, to track it down. We gotta get. We gotta start thinking like a Methodist. So the more I, I chunkle buns PI, I'm able to get into the to the mind of the Methodist. The more clear the mystery will become and will unravel. Aha. Okay. Uh, do you have any other uh, pieces of evidence in this last minute? I do. I do have a uh, a little bit of uh, from the preaching of John Wesley himself. This comes from his sermon titled "The Duty of Constant Communion," and he writes, "If we consider the Lord's Supper as a command of Christ, no man can have any pretense to Christian piety who does not receive it not once a month, but as often as he can." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, Lumpy Chuckleberg, um, what conclusions would... Chucklebuns. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> what conclusions... Crusty lizard chunks, you should know that. <laughs> what conclusions might you uh, dr- glean from, from the evidence gathered so far? I'm not ready to make conclusions yet. There's a lot more research to be done. All right. I'll we'll report back next show. Stay tuned for that on future shows of Table Talk Radio. When we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be getting to your emails, and we'll see if Pastor Wolfner can rejoin us in the Table Talk Radio studios. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We want to hear from you. Give us a call 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. We'll be right back after this commercial break.
not a radio show. It's a relationship. Stay tuned for more Table Talk Radio. Questions at tabletalkradio.org is the email address if you want to send us a question to Table Talk Radio. Uh, we try to get to your questions here on the air. Do we have a, pa- uh, a question, Pastor Wolf Mueller? We do. We have a Pastor Charmley question. We're digging into the Pastor Charmley mailbag here. Yeah, it's starting hey, to overflow. Hey, how is that private eye working out for us, by the way? I don't know. Lumpy chunkle buns? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that guy sounded awesome. Just the sound of his voice, it made, you know, it made my heart swell. Anyhow, uh, here's Pastor Charmley. <laughs> what is that? That's like the laugh track from some sort of magic, dark magic show. Or something. Well, you know, That's I, I, I kind of got tired of laughing at your jokes, so I figured <laughs> I'd start using using this. And besides, uh, they don't need it over at NBC's The Office anymore because it is no longer funny. So um, <laughs> I just got it from them on sale. Gotcha. Uh, right. Here, here the Pastor Charmley writes, Dear Awesome Lutherans, we should stop here to note, Pastor Charmley, that the word Lutheran does not actually need the adjective awesome. <laughs> it's implied. And you should probably include Pastor Wolf there in the emails. Uh, <laughs> not all Baptists hold to the bad doctrine of the age of accountability. We must have said something to that effect. And not all who hold to the age of accountability are Baptist. My seminary principal, who's a Presbyterian, heard the doctrine in his youth in a Presbyterian church and became seriously worried as he approached his 12th birthday as a result. The doctrine of uh, the age of accountability, uh, of course, also explains why all the children disappear in the Left Behind series. Yours in Christ, Reverend Gervais, N.E. Charmley, B.S.C., Honorary, Liverpool. Now, I think, by the way, that I remember in the Left Behind series, there was a baby raptured out of the birth canal. Remember that? A baby was being born and got raptured? I don't remember that because I never spent the the time to read them. Did you read all the way through those things? No, no. I read like the first first one, I think. Uh. It was for me just about the same as reading, uh, what is that book by Dan Brown? Where he oh, Da Vinci there Code. You. Yeah, just about like reading the Da Vinci Code. So pedantic. It, it, reading the Da Vinci Code and reading the Left Behind series is the same as eating undercooked liver. <laughs> it's all just you sit there and chew on it and you think, how could anybody like this? That's all I'm saying. Uh, thank you, Pastor Charmley, for that clarity, the doctrine of the age of accountability, which would be a mark of Arminianism, I think. You know. That you got you come yes. to a point where you have to choose, which et might which might help us understand why not all Baptists believe it because you do have the the Calvinist brand of yeah of like Baptists. three of them yeah <laughs> I, I there, there's there's as many Calvinist Baptists as there are Calvinists uh, with no blogs <laughs> yeah that's right you finished my joke for me I appreciate that uh, like is that is that where you were going is that what you're gonna say yeah but I was I wasn't gonna get there as fast as you I appreciate uh-huh. it. Now, by the way, this reminds me of something. You know how all the Lutherans always call anyone who's uh, who's a Protestant and not Lutheran, they call them the Reformed. Mm-hmm. And people who are actually in the know get annoyed by that because most uh, Protestants in the United States, Bible churches, evangelicals, Baptists, etc., are not Reformed in their doctrine. They are, in fact, Arminian. They have the doctrine of the free will. So there's so we can't call them all reformed. Although I used to complain about that, but I've come around a little bit 
because if I think of what, when we start to understand the history of kind of evangelicalism in the United States, we're not dealing with Calvinists and Arminians. We're dealing with Calvinists, and then we're dealing with revivalistic Calvinists. Now, I will grant to you that the revivalistic tendencies are Arminian, and it looks to us like Arminian. But it's really weird where there's this, you know, there'll be a preacher up on stage telling everyone that they got to accept Jesus into their heart, and then you talk to them about their doctrine, they say they're a Calvinist. Mm -hmm. You're like, what in the world? Mm -hmm. That's the weirdest thing. That's because uh, American Protestantism started as Calvinist and then got... Um, and then got revivalized. Uh, and so the free will snuck in, not through a rejection of Calvinism, but through the insertion of revivalistic tendencies. That's how, what happened to the Methodists, etc. I think we got to ask our PI. What was his name again? Lumpy Chunklebuns. I better write that down so I don't forget next year. Hey, what happens if you get Table Talk Radio into that little name generator? Oh, I'll try it. Or just Table Talk well, and I'll add radio onto the end of it. Let me write down Lumpy Chunkle Buns real quick here. So you don't forget your RPI's name? Yeah. That'd be pretty bad. We better not lose his number. So we got to write the... Did you write that check to him? Uh, 50 bucks an hour, he said he was charged. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'll give you the address. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What are we doing? Playing... Uh, do we have more email? Uh, no. We're, we're going to play, play some Table Talk Jeopardy. All right. So you're all happy about your, your uh, category. So tell me what the categories are. So the categories for you, you have your choice of... Uh, the first category is the five love languages. <laughs> oh, boy. That's got a kind of echo to it. And the second category is types in the Old Testament. So you can have either one of those. <laughs> uh, well, um, I want to know. I, see, I'm a little interested just if you really have... Uh, information or questions prepared on the five love languages. But I'm not <laughs> even willing mind. to go there. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'll take uh, types in the Old Testament for 100, Alex. Okay. Uh, these two events are both reported to us in the New Testament as types of baptism. Uh, what is the crossing of the Red Sea and the flood? I <laughs> just put a table talk. I don't think that's a... Let's try another one. Is that one inappropriate? <laughs> Slightly. Oh, so what would your answer this again? Is a, this is a family show. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what is the crossing of the Red Sea and the flood? That's right. In fact, uh, to be a little more specific, it's not the it's the ark in the flood. But you're right. Crossing of the Red Sea, uh, baptized into Moses, 1 Corinthians 10, and also the flood in uh, 1 Peter which is a, a type of baptism. Right. And so uh, th this is First uh, Peter chapter 3 uh, is, is just where Peter just makes it clear as day, where he says, uh, he, he, you know, he talks about the, the ark and just how eight, eight souls uh, in all were, were saved. And he says, corresponding to this, baptism now saves you. And so this is one of the, <laughs> the great, great texts to take uh, to your Reformed friends. I just say, hey, look, uh, uh, you see what I did there? I just used the word reform in a generic sense. Anyway, um, uh, you, you say, hey, look, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, baptism now saves you. And, and then they're all baffled because they never read that verse before. So, Yeah, that's right. Okay, I have, the category I have for you is uh, Lutheran theologians. Uh, all right, I'll take Lutheran theologians for 100 then, Evan. Okay. Or as I like to call you. Crusty lizard chunks. 
God's two chief <laughs> works among people it. are these, to terrify, to justify, <laughs> and make alive those who have been terrified. Into these two works all scripture has been distrib- distributed. Uh, one, uh, the one part is the law, which shows, reproves, and condemns sin. The other part is the gospel, that is, the promise of grace bestowed in Christ. This promise is constantly repeated in the whole of Scripture, first having been delivered to Adam, I hope enmity, in Genesis 3.15, afterward to the patriarchs. Then it, will, then it was still more clearly proclaimed by the prophets. Lastly, it was preached and set forth among the Jewish people by Christ, and then spread out over the entire world by the apostles. All the saints were justified through faith in this promise, and not by their own uh, attrition or contrition. Uh, by the way, Tabletar, I got a decent one now. Falafel Gizzard Heine. <laughs> radio. You're listening to Falafel. <laughs> falafel Gizzard Heine Radio. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, that sounds like Philip Melanchthon in the Apology of the Augsburg Confession. The two chiefs works of God, to kill and raise up. That's a good observation. That's what I'm, say. I'm sticking to it. Unfortunately, you have to put it, put it in the phrase of a question so you do not get the points on this one. Oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> That's like the first time in the history of playing T-Block Jeopardy you forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. So, who is Philip Melanchthon? <laughs> Uh, sorry, I think Philip, I think you already answered. I'm sorry. Philip Melanchthon in here. You already got that one wrong. <laughs> okay, 100 oh. points. You are correct. That's kind of nice, huh? The two chiefs works of God. Kill and raise up. Now we... <laughs> Philip Melanchthon is doofus banana chunks. <laughs> oh, good grief. All right, you need to put it down. <laughs> put down the silly name generator. Oh. Now, uh, he... Uh, uh, <laughs> this is really quite wonderful because... Um, uh, it, we normally think first you die, then I mean first you live, then you die. But Melanchthon sees how in the scriptures it's the opposite. First you die, then you live. So the law comes first to kill us, and then the gospel comes and raises us up. Marvelous. That's right. Okay, I will take uh, a love link. I mean uh, types. Of <laughs> you already know all you need to know about the love languages. It really wouldn't be fair that category. That's true. Um, all right, let's take uh, 200 then. Uh, this man in the Old Testament is a type of Jesus' priesthood. Ooh. Uh, I think if I would know this, if I was maybe reading the book of Hebrews. Hey. Uh, so I'm going to say, uh, who is Melchizedek? True enough. Here's Melchizedek is one of these great types because he's given to us already in the Old Testament. Psalm 110, remember? Mm. Uh, uh, you will have uh, the priesthood according to the Melchizedek. So already in the Old Testament, uh, Melchizedek is di- identified as a type of the priesthood of the Messiah. That's right. And so um, uh, we sometimes talk about the threefold offices of Christ, prophet, priest, and king. And so we understand... Uh, Christ in the office of priest uh, by this by this uh, very figure. All right, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. We're right after this.
Table Talk Radio. It's like spinach. We know you don't want to, but it's good for you. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Jeopardy is the game. And the score is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller uh, with 100, Pastor Evan Giglin with 300. Yeah, of course, uh, I've only had one question. That's about to change. <laughs> Good. By the point. way, you know how this we talked about uh, Jesus has the his priesthood according to the um, office of Melchizedek. And that's a key thing because Jesus has his... He, he's from the tribe of Judah, so he can't be a Levitical priest. He's not from the line of Levi. So how is he to be the priest? Well, the Old Testament already tells us in Psalm 110, according to the order of Melchizedek, marvelous sort of stuff. So, right. Okay, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take uh, Lutheran theologians for 200, please. All right. As long as we are still uninformed concerning the fact that God has become our reconciled God and Father through Christ, we hate Him. An unco- unconverted person who claims to love God is stating falsehood and is guilty of miserable hypocrisy even though he may not be aware of it. That person is making a false claim because only faith in the gospel regenerates a person. Accordingly, a person cannot love God as long as he is still without faith. Uh, To demand of a poor sinner that he must be alarmed because of his sins and that he must feel sorry for them out of a love of God, that is a terrible way of turning law and gospel completely backwards. No, this is what the Bible's teaching really states. Sinners should come to Jesus just as they are, even if they have to acknowledge, I have only hatred for God in my heart. Oh God, what should I do? What can I do to be saved? Oh, this is tricky. This is tricky. Um, it's true, by the way, what they say. Talking about the unconverted person can only hate God. Any sort of love for God that's not mixed with faith in Jesus is a is a sham and a hypocrisy. Telling the unbeliever they should love Jesus because of um, uh, is, is is simply impossible. I mean, they should, but it won't happen. You have to be converted. Um, this is this sounds to me like a particularly modern voice, though. It doesn't sound like Luther, although it's reflecting his teaching. It doesn't sound like the. Uh, it doesn't sound like the golden age of orthodoxy or even the kind of bronze age Lutherans. Um, this sounds like a new thing. Uh, it is, and something written about um, about being Lutheran, like maybe uh, the fire and the staff. It, do, it doesn't even sound like mid-century Lutheranism, like Sasa or uh, Vingren or any of these guys. It, this sounds like um, uh, maybe like the fire and the staff or why I'm a Lutheran. Fire the staff is Clement Price. Why I'm a Lutheran, Daniel Price. I think this is a Price, is what I think. So I'm going to say Price. <laughs> Do you want to phrase that in any particular uh, way? Who, oh, yeah. Who is Price? <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Really? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, that is incorrect. The answer you're looking for is C.F.W. Walther. Really? Is this the new translation of it Long Gospel? It is the new translation of Long Gospel. Ah, man, that, that is really fresh. I haven't spent much time with that, but that translation is really uh, smooth. Yes, and it also works well for Table Talk Jeopardy. 
<laughs> were you were you quoting Melanchthon out of there? No, no, no. I was just oh, saying okay. that uh, it really throws you when you have a new translation. I mean, it works well because you always try to like analyze the grammar rather than just trying to, you know, shoot for the content. But whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. All right. You have any commentary on that? Uh, <clears throat> Thanks for no. muting your mic when you clear your throat. <clears> throat> Let me see here. What else can I mute? Ready? Oh, it already is muted. That's pretty cool. Well, anyway, sorry about that. Uh, no, no commentary. Okay, it's all I, true. I believe what you said is true. I'll take types for three hundred, please. Okay. Uh, Jesus, Jesus offers this incident in the Old Testament as a sign of his death and Resurrection, subsequent resurrection. By the way, the score is uh, Pastor Wolf Miller with zero. Oh no, negative one hundred. Sorry, I, I'm sorry to rob you of those neg- neg- negative points. <laughs> uh, negative one hundred to three hundred. Okay. That's not good. Uh, so this uh, an Old Testament uh, something or other for the death and resurrection. Yeah. Jesus uh, offers this incident, this incident, as a sign. Of his death and subsequent resurrection. What? I, in fact, I'll give you a little clue. No, I don't need. I don't need a clue. Uh, what <laughs> is? <laughs> uh, what, wow. What is the instance of Jonah being in the uh, belly of a big fish and then not being in the belly of a big fish? <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what they called? Uh, you know what they called Jonah after he was spit out on the beach? Crusty lizard chunks. <laughs> uh, let me put in Jonah this name generator. Okay, I have I have a challenging question for you, Pastor Wolfman. Are you ready? All right. All right. I had a messianic Jew challenge me one time on this um, yeah. because this I don't know if this is like their official position uh, or not, um, but he was critical of the way our liturgical calendar um takes the the uh, triduum the or the uh, you know the three days mm-hmm. um so we have we have we say that jesus was crucified on uh, good friday spent saturday in the tomb and then rose from the dead on sunday three days mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter it's, it's three complete 24 hour days but he mm-hmm. would go to that text i think it's in the gospel of matthew isn't it and and Jesus mm-hmm. uh, quotes uh, Jonah, and he says, just as Jonah was in the belly of a big fish, or well, whatever it says, uh, for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the belly of the earth. Um, and so he says, look, it isn't good enough to say that it's just a partial day. Uh, it has to be three days and three nights. So what say you? I don't know. What I think about that is we got to get chunky. This will be the next thing we put lumpy chunk of <laughs> He'll, we'll have him investigating that mystery after, uh, in other words, I don't know. <laughs> we just we just found a new out for whatever Pastor Wolfenberg gets stumped. <laughs> oh, we'll get the P.I. on that. Hey, lumpy, get his number. Lumpy Chunklebuns P.I. I don't know if he'll continue to be on because I, I, don't, I haven't paid him yet and don't really plan to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After that, uh, he'll be uh, investigating you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's not good. Okay, so... Um, the score now is 600 to negative oh. 100. All right, you better give me some big points for this one. I want uh, whatever my category is for 300. 300. 
since the Reformed and Catholic theologians deny the scriptural teaching that uh, that the state of humiliation consists in the limited use of the uh, communicated divine majesty, and the state of exaltation in its full use, both declare that the human nature is an incapable of the divine majesty. Wherever they teach in agreement that their theory has no basis in Scripture. As a rule, they teach that both natures underwent the humiliation and the exaltation, but in order to hold the immutability of God, they change the humiliation of the divine nature into a mere veiling and the exaltation into a mere manifestation of the Godhead before the eyes of men. To them, the humiliation of Christ means a variety of things. The assumption of the human nature, the unusual measure of shame and suffering, and the like. But it does not mean that Christ abstained from the full use of the divine majesty communicated to the human nature. So the exaltation is interpreted to mean the communication of the extraordinary, ex, extraordinary finite gifts. And this is in spite of Philippians 2, um, Matthew 28, Ephesians 1, and Ephesians 4. I think that's you quoting from your own sermon from last Sunday. That is correct. <laughs> Figures, <laughs> new pastor. Uh, this that, this is tricky. That is not many people could say that, including me. The thing that you just said. I mean, to have that kind of understanding <laughs> of both the reform doctrine and the Catholic doctrine, and their and their failure to um, understand the the um, the incarnation and its results. And therefore, they're kind of joining a theology in denying the state of humiliation. The only guy I know who can really talk like that and who does talk like that is our friend, Herman Sasa. So, who is Herman Sasa? Let's uh, take a look at the score. (laughs) Oh, did you want to know who that was? Yeah, yeah. That is our friend, Francis Pieper. Oh, yeah, I should have. They were friends, weren't they? Sasa and Pieper. Probably. I'm not sure if they ever lived at the same time, but I'm sure they would have been friends. Well, that for 300, so that's a negative 300. You're now at negative 400. What what translation of Pieper? Is this a new translation of Pieper you're reading, too? <laughs> oh, come on. Is there a new translation of Pieper? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, no, that was uh, that was Pieper in his own his own writing in, in uh, Pieper, volume 2. What? They put in Christian Francis Pieper in here. You don't really need to ch- change Francis Pieper. It's funny to start with. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we are probably coming up on a commercial break. Uh, well, we, ha- we have time to get the question in. So I will take uh, <laughs> types for 400. Okay. When John the Baptist pointed to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God, he was, he was indicating that these were a type of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. That these were a type of... Yes, these. Okay, that is the question. Uh, I'll have the commercial break to think it through. If you want to give us a uh, call or an email, that you can do so. Give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, uh, 1-800-385-7652, or send us an email at questions at tabletalkradio.org. Um, right after this, we're going to uh, finish up our game of Table Talk Jeopardy and play contemporary or traditional. Don't go away. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
Table Talk Radio. You're laughing too, right? Since I still appreciate you, let's find love while we may. Because I know I'll hate you when you are old and gray. So say you love me here and now, I'll make the most of that. Say you love and trust me, for I know you'll disgust me when you're old and getting fat. I'll take love languages for 300, please. <laughs> well, yeah, what? I'm pretty sure that's not one of the languages of love. Which love language is that? <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, I have uh, some. Qu- read the question again. I don't even know, I don't remember. What oh it yeah, is. okay. Something about the answer about. is the answer. We're playing Jeopardy. The answer is when John the Baptist, uh, when John the Baptist pointed to Jesus and said, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world," he was ide- he was indicating that these Old Testament things. Were a type of Jesus sacrifice on the cross. Huh. Um, I'm not really sure what you're getting at. Uh, well, the okay. It's so, so simple. That's your problem. So the, you're thinking. You're thinking too complicated. The, it's really. This is really a 100 <laughs> level question. Uh, so these things. So what is the um, Old Testament? Sacrifice. Right. That's the one. That's what I'm looking for. Really? That was dumb. Okay. Uh, nonetheless, <laughs> 400. Dumb sacrifices are awesome. <laughs> no, that was a dumb question. I'm not saying that the content of the question is dumb. I just think the, dumb, the question is dumb. All right. You're the one that asked the question, by the way. I had the answer. All right. That's all I'm saying. All I know Plus, is I have the table talk radio points. It's 1,000 to negative 400. All right, I'll uh, but get that, you on the last one here. Uh, but <laughs> but this is good though because uh, uh, I mean that that's really nice. So so when when we then uh, read in the Old Testament about the, the Old Testament sacrifices, like uh, the, the 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 great high priest going into the the holy of holies, um, sprinkling the blood on uh, on the ark of the covenant the, uh, on the day of atonement, Yom Kippur, we now then have that fulfillment in Christ, that Christ is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So that, that is... Yom Kippur, what is all this Latin? <laughs> I think that's Hebrew. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, you have, True enough. So that's, uh, now, here's the point of this, is that the sacrifices were... Po- you know, so you look at the... You're an Old Testament guy, and there's a sacrifice. There's a lamb, and it's bleeding and dying and going up in smoke on the altar. And the teaching is, it should be me, but God is accepting the death of another in my place because he's going to die himself. That's the teaching of the sacrifices, which is kind of nice. Okay. Uh, you want... Uh, so is it, what do I have? For 500 now? Do you I have, have four, no, no, 400. four or five? Lutheran theologians for 400, please. I'm sure to get this one. Transubstantiation, according to Luther, is an unnecessary philosophical theory to explain the miracle of real presence, which defies such explanation. It must be rejected because Paul speaks of the consecrated bread as being bread. But Luther never put this error on the same level as withholding the cup from the laity or the sacrifice of the Mass. While these uh, latter errors... Or, uh, yeah, while these latter errors destroy the sacrament, transubstantiation, transubstantiation is only a wrong attempt to explain the miracle of real presence. 
nothing else is Lutheran doctrine. The, the consecrated bread is the body, and consecrated wine is the blood of Christ. How, uh, how that is possible, no person on earth can say. What we know is that Christ himself gave this explanation by saying, This is my body, this is my blood of the new covenant. On the basis of these words of Christ, Luther believes in the real presence without trying to build up a theory comparable to the theories of implantation, transubstantiation, consubstantiation, or whatever else the subtle minds of philosophers and theologians have devised in order to answer the question, how could the real presence be possible? Hmm. So the point of this quote is it's looking at Luther's doctrine of the Lord's Supper and saying, hey, uh, the, the Lutherans and Luther himself, our friend Luther, rejected the Catholic uh, philosophy of transubstantiation, but it was never as as vigorous a rejection as the rejection of the of the um, enthusiasts who said that Jesus' body and blood wasn't even there, mm-hmm. which is pretty bad. Now, uh, but the, Luther does go berserk on the Catholic's doctrine of the sacrifice of the Mass. In fact, calls it the fount of every error. But the specific doctrine of transubstantiation. Uh, is just rejected, but it's not kind of vehemently protested against. So this, whoever's writing this thing is talking about that. Now, who would write something like this is a good question. Again, it strikes me as modern. The clarity, etc., the short sentences, you know, grammar stuff. Um, <laughs> but I kind of want to guess Sasa again, but I don't think that would be good because, one, I already guessed him, so it seems like that's the only guy I ever read. Uh, <laughs> And two, I just, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe that is something he would say, but it could also be something like, a, oh, like a prof- one of our professors would have written, like, um, uh, like a church history professor, Dr. McKinsey or something. I don't know. Is this a, is this a, written in a book or an article? Book. Hmm. Is it is it famous or not famous? Famous. What is am I giving Preuss you a chance for? Preuss. No, no more. Eh, no more. Guess. Um, all right. Herman Sosa. Dang it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm afraid you didn't put it in the uh, form of a question. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, did, I did, too. I said, Herman Sosa? <laughs> oh, right. Uh, so that was worth four. So you're back up to zero. Welcome. Welcome yeah. back. Yeah. That's all I want. Welcome back Level to the ground. Tabula rasa. That's right. All right. Neoplatonic doctrine of the of man. That's where I am. Zero. Not good nor bad. Just neutral. I can't believe. It. I I was so hoping you were gonna go away from Herman Sasa. I shouldn't have given you any clues. That's what brought you back to Herman Sasa, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What Appreciate book is this from? Uh, Lonely Way, Volume Two. Wrong. This is my body. <laughs> That's in Lonely Way Volume 2, isn't it? Oh. Anyway, you ready for your last question? Yes. How are we going to run out of time here? What is types for 500? According to Jesus, this is a type of his incarnation. Ooh. Ooh. Significantly vague. <laughs> this, oh, this, by the way, uh, sorry, this is your uh, Daily Devil. Forgot about that whole thing. Okay, I will wager one one table talk radio point. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's bad. Um, a type of the incarnation. Very oh, okay, okay, passage. I got it. 
Yeah. Let's wait, wait. It. Can you read it one more time just so I make sure I have the question According right. to Jesus, this is a type of his incarnation. Whew. Um, maybe not. Um, I don't know. Uh, I was I was I was on track to talk about uh, the uh, the the stump of of Jesse. Mm, um, mm, mm, mm. That would be a prophecy of his. Yeah, that's not really a type. Um, uh, I can't think of it. I, I don't know. This is what is the manna. Ah. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 6. It's a man that came down from heaven. So, uh, son of man has come down from heaven. Ah. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. So That was a the, good one. Disc- the bread of life discourse in John chapter 6. Jesus says the manna is a type of his incarnation. All right. That was worth 500. So, uh... No, oh, it was worth one, remember? Are you willing to do it? Okay, one. Yeah. Then I have oh, yeah. 999 points. All right. How many, how, many, how many of your zero thing. points do you want to wager? I'll wager all of my points. <laughs> All right, I'll go. I'm gonna. I'm willing to take a debt. I'm gonna wager one thousand points. <laughs> no, you you can't. You can't wager points you don't have. Uh, this is a, our own game. Sure we can. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you can't. <laughs> All right, so well, just play along. It'll be. It adds drama. You know, tension. Everyone's about to tune out already. See if he can beat Evan. That's what they're saying. Let him wager a thousand points. It'll be fun for the kids. Well, we while well, we make it, so we wager five hundred then. Well, no, because I want to beat you. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know if I like this. All right, Lutheran theologians for a thousand, I guess. One thousand points. Okay, ready? Yeah, I'll, I'm going to put, by the way, Table Talk Radio points in the silly name generator. Okay. See what comes out. Okay, Lutheran theologians for one thousand. I'm paying attention. Don't worry. Okay. Take this is my body, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you. I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until uh, until that day when you drink of it in the kingdom of God. Aha, uh-huh. that's our favorite Lutheran theologian, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call anachronism, by the way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is correct. So, yeah. 1,000 points. That's the best <laughs> I've ever done on Table Talk Jeopardy, and then you, you at the... I'm pretty sure you can't. I can see why Carrie gets mad at you all the time when you play games. Why? What are you talking <laughs> you, about? You can't wager points you don't have. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, falafel gizzard fanny? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so explain why Jesus is a Lutheran there. Uh, because uh, this is the simple thing. I mean, the simple words of Jesus, this is my body. I mean, this is... Uh, uh, I mean, th- this kind of fantastic simplicity and not explaining it away or making it uh, b- make it mean something that it's not. This is uh, the, the Lord's word in its simplicity, and that's what it means to be Lutheran, is to have that. That is right, and luckily our listeners are spared from another game of uh, uh, contemporary or traditional. So we are now out of time, but tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio. Thanks for listening. Where the point silly name is Loopy Hans- Hamster Fanny. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, 
tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.